Welcome back to Rhymes with Decora. I'm Benji Nichols, your host. Stories about communities you love by people you trust. We are a project of Inspired Media. Today, I have a special guest with me. I'm so excited to have Kristen Underwood here. Welcome, Kristen. Thanks, Benji. Absolutely. This is a show that I have been looking forward to and I had hoped we could make happen uh, here in the near future. And here we are. Kristen, I've known you for years. It is a hoot to have you here. Uh, What is in my current office, which might have been your current office in a past (laughs) lifetime... (laughs) But right here on Winnebago Street in downtown Decora, uh, we love it and it is a blast to have you here. We're going to talk about a few different things today. Um, first, you are just an amazing person to have in our community and have brought so much community and uh, creativity and light to our community in the past decade. So it's a blast to have you here and talk about those things. And of course, also in your current position as the Director of Campus Programming at Luther College and the Center Stage Series. which is all sorts of fun stuff uh, that we're looking forward to over the next several months of bringing world-class entertainment right here to good old Decora and uh, Luther College, which is awesome. So welcome, Kristen. Thanks for being here. Thanks. It's great to be here. And yes, this was my office in one of my many past Decora (laughs) creative endeavors when I I worked in this building. If people don't know, my office is right right around the uh, cardboard robot area of Winnebago Street next to uh, Indie Pop, which is also open now and another fantastic addition to Winnebago. But it feels like many, um, many a good spirit from Decora have come and gone from this block in in different directions and and businesses over the years. Maybe that's another show someday, but absolutely. It is a beautiful August day out there right now if you're listening to this show later, but we are uh, fortunate. We've got blue skies and sunshine for a great conversation. Um, But Kristen, I'm going to, I'm going to rewind here just a second um, because you found your way to our area in general a couple decades ago now yeah actually more than that the early 90s the early um, 90s i i was spirited away <laughs> to the small town of lanesboro minnesota which i had of course yes. never heard of and still others may not have heard of but absolutely at the time i was a professional actor gigging around the country and happened to do a show with eric Bungie in denver yeah. and he's the guy who founded the Commonweal. he's a luther grad and Absolutely, always those connections, right? Yeah, this was 92. Uh, awesome. And we were doing Harvey together, oh playing gosh. opposite each other. And he said, hey, I've got a, I started this summer theater company in near my hometown. <laughs> Want to come and play Lady Macbeth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where was home home for you? Uh, well, you? I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area. Right, yeah. Yeah. and uh, Beautiful part of the world. Yeah, it is. And at it's the a time, lot it like Lanesboro. Oh, right. <laughs> okay, no, it's not. <laughs> but that's me. What was your what was your um what was your initial thoughts landing in this part of the world? Oh my god, I thought it was beautiful. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, I was driving a seventy two Volkswagen Beetle. Awesome. Um, <laughs> with my husband's cat in it uh, at the time. He was going to come later, but I brought the cat. Oh, and love it. Yeah, pulled, uh, you know, drove over the bluff and down into that beautiful valley. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was spectacular. Absolutely. The humidity was kind of a surprise, but I, oh, yeah. I got used to it. I'm still here. Right? Here we are. <laughs> right good taste of that this week, too. Yeah. So in terms of acting in theater, uh, you obviously had a strong interest. What were what were your earliest memories or what kind of piqued you into that world? What what uh, pulled you that way? Oh, well, I uh, 
I was one of those kids who did, you know, we did plays in the neighborhood about anything and everything and made everybody watch us. Awesome. So it started young. And then I did, I did a lot of dance in high school and did an audition for my first play until I was a senior. And uh, that, I had an ambitious high school theater director. Uh, We did Moliere's Tartuffe. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. That was my first real play. Oh my goodness. I know. And I thought, oh, well, I like dance, but language... Yeah. That's cool. Nice. So it started me off on um, really the bulk of my career after yeah. college beyond was uh, has been focused on language plays. and Wow. Yeah. Cool. That's a great background. And of course, then finding your way here, uh, you mentioned Eric and the, the tie to Luther College that he had. What were your earliest ties otherwise to Luther? Well, when we were uh, in those early days at the Commonweal, uh, Eric's professor at Luther had been Bob Larson, who many oh, yes. people here know and love. Yes, absolutely. Uh, retired now, but still beautiful, active person. And uh, he had Bob come and guest direct at the Commonweal. Very nice. Yeah. And after oh, a year or two, Bob was going on sabbatical and he asked me to come and um, take over his class load for him at Luther. Oh, so, wow. And we served, often members of the Commonweal Theater Company in those days served as guest artists in the sure. theater department. So yeah, absolutely. Really, my connection to Luther started in the early 90s. What a fun, a fun trail to, uh, <laughs> yeah. to to follow. And Bob, of course, I, I was just thinking, I wrote myself a note just now to remember. I mean, Bob would be another guest uh, oh. or a round table of guests we should bring in sometime. <laughs> he would be, that would be a hoot. Might yeah. might need more than half an hour. Uh, <laughs> but that's it's really fun. It's fun to think about those early days, too. And, of course, the Commonwealth has grown and, yeah. and, and rebirthed itself a couple of times in, in a beautiful facility in downtown Lanesboro. If people don't know, it's absolutely worth checking out. Sure uh, an incredible facility. Uh, and professional actors who make their way through our region or, or are mm-hmm. there on a permanent basis. And that's a really cool opportunity as well. So, obviously, through those things, you had some interest, not only yourself in acting, but helping other young actors get started as well. Uh, and, right. and did that lead to another creative project of yours that's had a life now for quite some time as well, uh, Upstart Crow? Yeah, that was... So I was at the Commonweal for 10 years and then ended up moving to Decora. Um, and at the Commonweal, we had run high school conservatory programs. Uh, interestingly, Leah... Lovelace's younger sister Sarah was one yes. of my students. Leah I, later. I remember the summer she was driving to Lanesboro. Oh quite my a bit. gosh. <laughs> well, yeah, because the, of course later I meet Leah and we started our own business together. That's fantastic. Um, but I knew her little sister a long time before that. And that's Sarah, I should mention, Sarah. Don Howe Goldberg was yeah. a good childhood friend of mine and, oh. and, and beyond. We certainly still talk. So, But that's a hoot. What yeah, a, so what we a had that connection. Con- I know, it's so fun. Um, and I'd been doing teaching. At all levels, um, at the college level with Luther. Um, you bet. And most professional artists um, end up honing teaching skills sure. as a yeah. way to support themselves or Absolutely. because you're sort of compelled to share what you're learning. Well, and it's one of those things, I think, once you have a body of knowledge, it only makes sense to share it. Um, yeah. but I, but for a lot of people, some people don't enjoy that process, I suppose. But for a lot of people, it is that process of sharing that information, helping, you know, and you see that spark in someone, yeah. particularly a, a younger person, right? And to help them recognize, because it often just takes that that one person, mm-hmm. right? To tell you like, 
have you thought about this? You yeah. know, whatever it is. It could be anything, but creative process especially, right? Yeah, it's pretty thrilling. And it really is a two-way street, too. You know, you, when you're teaching, you're learning, too. And, and being inspired um, by them. So it's... Uh, it really works both ways. So, yeah, yeah when I moved to Decora, um, I took those teaching skills, my love of language plays, put them together, and created Upstart Crow Theater Works, uh, where I was adapting Shakespeare plays, not changing the language at all, but yeah. editing them so that instead of sure. three hours, <laughs> they were about an hour, enough for us to tackle That's and incredible. produce. And we did... Oh, between 2002 and 2014, maybe. Yeah. Um, I probably, I think I did two or three plays a year uh, with casts starting as young as five. Yeah. And going through high school. That's incredible. And <laughs> I, I remember some of those. I know Aaron, Aaron and I covered a couple of those along the way or talked about them and then just caught pieces here or there, other, you know, projects or, or things that would happen with them. And, and they're so fun to follow. But you think of, you know, even from then to now, and the, of course, a lot of those kids have grown up, you know, oh my on gosh. to other things. Yeah. And, and they have and, kids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And along the way, you, you also took on some other really neat creative projects. I remember um, the Cemetery Walks, if I recall, some, yeah. some historical sort of uh, nonfiction, right? I mean, they're for sure. And I ended on... up um, sort of, you know, editing my website as I went along, or um, my the profile of what Upstart Crow was. Sure, but bringing the past to life, yeah. uh, was central. Yeah, and those cemetery walks. Well, also here's a Decorah is a fabulous town, but with limited official theater spaces. Yes. And so you have to make your own. And a cemetery is a pretty theatrical environment. Absolutely. Especially when we have one as beautiful as Phelps. Yes. I mean, I think they're magical places anyway, but Phelps is so gorgeous and we could bring the past to life on this yeah, yeah. tour and through if, the... If someone's not familiar, so essentially you took, um, I don't remember how many, but you know, a half a dozen characters from the from our Decorah's past, from right. the history that now are uh, at Phelps Cemetery, but then you kind of stationed actors at each of their memorial sites and their gravestones, right. and then told those stories, right? Right, and sometimes it was uh, it was direct address, where the, the person would be speaking to us, they would the the actor would sort of cast the audience as somebody in their own world, um, but other times it was like lifting the veil and looking into their world, at peeking in at a conversation um, between you know Grace Porter and her father, or you know yeah, uh, just getting a glimpse. Absolutely. What their life might have been like. Yeah. And, you know, any, I always say this about places, but anywhere you go, there there are and were fascinating characters, certainly. Oh, my gosh, yes. There are stories everywhere. <laughs> yes. and But as you look through a town, you look through history, and I think, I think especially small towns, too, you know, just the characters that come about are so fascinating mm-hmm. and so rich. And all of them have, you know, the backstories of who they were or what they did. But no, that is, I always thought that was a really fun piece of, of uh, some of the performances that you picked up, too. Well, and there's a link to Luther, too. So I did three cemetery walks, three or four, and then uh, our mutual friend Doug Nelson, who yes. was working at Luther at the time, said, I'm going to propose that Luther, for its uh, sesquicentennial celebration, oh, yeah. do a history walk. And I ended up doing that in 2011. Um, so we, I did the same thing that I do with the cemetery walk, which yes. is find nuggets from Luther's past 
and cast characters who are... What uh, a fun project. Yeah, we did it throughout the whole year from, well, the yeah, we sure. could be outside. You're right. Between right. May and October, um, throughout those months, you could go and see Luther's history brought to life. Absolutely. What a who and a rich, rich history there too for the institution. And before we get back to the Luther conversation, so you are working with um, your own project with Upstart Crow mm-hmm. and our our dear friend Leah Lovelace as well had several kind of creative endeavors going and trying to uh, thinking about educating younger minds as well. Yeah. And right. uh, what year was it that something started to formulate there? Well, the uh, Lovelace has moved back to Decorah in 20, uh, 2000. 2007. Yeah. And we connected right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had the idea of doing art classes for kids in her backyard. And yeah. she's an art art educator. Yes. And uh, that was great for a little while until she realized <laughs> that it was a little unwieldy. And hey, this is how good ideas start, though. This is how- it is. <laughs> yes. It is. And I, I did Upstart Crow in my house for a while absolutely uh so we thought well let's what if we find a place where we can both do our things but not in our living rooms uh <laughs> and so we started looking for a space and forming the idea of art house mm-hmm. and so originally art house was just going to be a roof for upstart crow and her endeavor called little masters well yes little masters i couldn't think of it yep there you yeah. go uh and so we found this space downtown that... Yes. Uh, rest in peace. Rest. Sweet, sweet old Bernadine's <laughs> slash old tea box yes. slash you name it. Yeah. yeah. And what a, what a great building that was. Yeah. Uh, so we we thought, well, we've got this space, you know, we've and there are so many other teaching artists in Decorah. This is such a rich area uh, and practitioners of all kinds. Yeah. And so we put together this little slate of classes for all ages, uh, from writing to dance to pottery. Yeah. And sometimes we'd have... What I have to mention, if people don't know me, this space was, I don't know what the square footage was, but it was tiny. <laughs> it was, this is not a large space. If people know Art House now, uh, down on Washington Street across from Convergence Ciderworks, uh, it's a great space yeah. and, and significantly larger. And there's a legit gallery now and some some workshop space and all sorts of things. But, I mean, the original space of Art House was just um, just a button, a, a postage stamp. Uh, but, man, you guys, you guys did so many things in we there. We laugh so hard when we think about We put away pottery wheels and mopped up clay. <laughs> in time for a ballet class for five-year-olds right in the same space i love it it was insane i love it but the thing that happens as you and aaron know yep. you know a good idea takes on a life of its own after a while and yeah so it art house quickly grew to be more than upstart crow and little masters and that was a really exciting thing to see. Absolutely. It, it became what the community wanted and needed. Yeah. Um, and eventually, after seven or eight years, um, Leah and I were ready to move on to other projects. Yes. And so uh, we handed the reins over 
somebody said, well, did you sell it? No, you don't sell, you don't sell a nonprofit. Um, we just said, thanks for the memories and here you go. Right. Right. <laughs> here are the but keys. I will, I will say credit, credit where credit is due. It takes someone with a, some vision and drive to, to put an organization like that on the map and then drive it forward. Uh, and to then see an organization like that jump, um, to new leadership, new direction, new facilities, all those things. Oh, it's just yeah. an incredible process. It says an enormous amount about the original vision, but it also says an enormous amount about the community and the support um, that it takes to have a community art space. That's 100%. huge. 100%. And one that can, like you mentioned, support everything from pottery wheels to yeah. uh, performance classes to uh, you you name it, to adult classes now too, I mean, and, and uh, sure. all sorts of things. So really, really cool programming. But it's incredible to see those things uh, uh, come about over time and how they... Uh, how they um, come about and take life. So yeah. It's pretty amazing. Kristen Underwood, my guest today, a director of campus programming at Luther College, is what we're going to talk about on the second half of this show. Uh, but so much fun to think through some of those things and how we got to this point in time. Uh, you are listening to Rhymes with Decora. We are telling stories about communities you love by people you trust. A project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com. And we'll be back in just a moment. Rhymes with Decora is brought to you by Impact Coffee, roasting and serving the world's finest coffees in Decora since 2015. Visit us on Water Street, open daily for coffee and Nordic waffles, cocktails, beer and wine, every Thursday through Saturday. Download our app for quick and easy ordering and pickup. Hey, that's the one and only downtown Sean Brown from Impact Coffee. Uh, we would like to thank Impact Coffee for their support of Rhymes with Decora today. Check them out on Water Street, an amazing, beautiful space, world-class coffee and treats and community space. They provide services that we so appreciate uh, right here in downtown Decora. ImpactCoffee.com. Check them out as well. Thanks, Sean, and the whole crew at Impact for helping sponsor today's show. And today's special guest, we are here with Kristen Underwood, the Director of Campus Programming at Luther College. Kristen, thanks again for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here today. I'm so happy it to be here. It is a hoot to have you here and have this conversation. So part of what we came to actually talk about uh, were not just good memories, but that's certainly part of it because I, uh, I love it. <laughs> um, so your current position that you are in is the campus uh, Director of Campus Programming at Luther College. So full circle, back to Luther, here we are. Uh, and I know... Folks are probably familiar with the Center Stage series. I know from my own experience, whenever you say campus programming, you kind of just get a glazed over look in people's faces and they go, well, that's nice. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> but that's my next question. You know, I know that it involves a lot. What all does the Office of Campus Programming kind of wrangle? Well, I think maybe the least sexy but most important thing we do is manage the, the college calendar. It's a... You know, it is like Decora. Luther is full of great ideas, creative people, um, and a really strong mission. And so there are lots of uh, activities th that people want to do, from student organizations to the academic departments, athletics, um, the performing arts. And so my office manages the calendar to be sure that we are not programming things on top of each other, <laughs> yes. and that there's space for everyone to do what they want. 
um, and that we, we, we program it in an intelligent way so that people can support each other's activities. Right. And yeah. we're not working against ourselves. Yeah. But essentially, if it happens on campus, it's going to come through your office one way or the other. That's right. Yeah. Which yeah. is a huge, huge job. It is. It is a big job. <laughs> and it's and like I say, it's not very sexy. You know, people know, know about the Center Stage series, I hope. Right. Um, but... Mm, you manage the calendar. Yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> well, in your house, your your home and on Luther campus is in the Center for Faith and Life, the CFL, which is a beautiful facility. Um, so you get to live in that space uh, and all of the different things that go on there. And of course, in the last couple of years, that's meant everything from being a giant classroom right. to turning around to a worship space, to turning around to being a organ recital facility, to turning around to being a stage for world-class performances. That's right. <laughs> or that's choir right. performances, or you take, you know. Yeah, we uh, COVID hit four months after I started my job. Oh my goodness! And so I was still getting my feet under me, and uh, when we had to do that thing that we're don't want to, we don't want to talk about pivoting yes. anymore. I'm so tired of pivot. Yes, <laughs> but, no more. Oh, but we do. But we did, we and do. we all pulled together and used. I mean, that's the biggest gathering space on campus, really. Yeah. Um, and figured out what the air exchange was and how much outside air could we let in <laughs> without hurting the organ and oh you know and how, what intervals did we need to leave between groups of people being yeah. in there when so course, a lot, big learning curve, and we use the space a lot, not for performance, but... Yeah, when it is, the, the CFL particular is kind of right at the heart of campus next to the Union, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a huge, built as a performance space, but as a very flexible performance space in some ways, uh, because the stage has multiple setups, and uh, there's a world-class organ that is belongs yeah. in the facility and is used. Uh, it's used for worship on a weekly, multiple weekly basis, uh, but then on any given day or a couple of days, it can turn around and have a flying grid system or a shelf or a band or orchestra or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you name it. And so I know you have a very hardworking staff uh, yeah. that surrounds you um, from inside, inside the office most of the time mm -hmm. uh, with Annette Leighton, and she is your, your um, right hand, should I say? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> the administration people that make it all happen. She is schedule at luther.edu. Yeah, like. <laughs> there you go. That's all you need to know, right? Uh, but then on the inside as well, uh, Kendall Thompson and Adam Tachek, I always have to mention because they are the guys who are running around and changing stuff around and moving yeah. things constantly and figuring out how to make it all work. They know that space inside and out, top to bottom. Absolutely. And then your box office, which most people would think, well, when I buy my center stage tickets, I, there's someone I talk to at the box office. But Brad Phillips is <laughs> He's is part the of the man. building. He's part of the institution. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, he runs a tight ship. But I mean, the box office handles ticketing for all sorts of things on campus as well and yes processes every, everything and, that is ticketed on campus comes through the yeah CFL and i always have to give brad a shout out because i think he always has one of the most fun uh student employee crews uh on campus as well no no offense to anyone else but uh <laughs> brad always does. seems to That's have the a, place the place to be a fun environment going on which is always important but yeah so an incredible staff that makes that facility work right. um so not you know of course Campus programming, you know, prioritizes towards the campus, prioritizes Luther and students and, you know, all the things that are going on. And then, of course, the Center Stage series goes on, which is the cherry on top for so many of us who live here. I know as a young person growing up in Decorah, my first, certainly, interaction with any type of, of real professional touring arts organization would have been through Center Stage. Mm -hmm. uh, certainly was, and I can think of a handful of those shows um, that happened. Uh, and those were really influential as a young person, really out here in rural America. Right. Um, 
um, you know, getting to see world-class performing artists is a, a real, it's a, it's a treat, but when you're younger, it also just kind of blows your mind. It opens up your eyes. You don't even know what's possible. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm so, so aware of that. I'm so aware of that. Um, and for students too, we have students from all over Absolutely. the country, urban and rural, from all over the world, um, both urban and rural, and they've had you know varying degrees of exposure to arts like this. Even some who are from urban areas, and yeah, whose sure. families didn't you know particularly take part in that. Of course, um, yeah. So I'm very aware of uh, the fact that we offer these shows to students it's included in their activities fee yeah and tickets that you know in a city might be 75 dollars. absolutely especially now yeah 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 <laughs> are um, free to students low yeah. cost to the faculty and staff um and then even the prices that we're able to offer to the community it is we're, incredible we're really aware that uh well I'm aware yeah. <laughs> that the arts, you know, are the heartbeat of mm-hmm. of a community culture, and you, um, if they have to be accessible, yeah. they have to be accessible. So, um, I'm really into the notion of radical hospitality. However, we can make that <laughs> radical work. Radical hospitality, I love that. <laughs> That's getting written down as well. When we have, um, you know, oh, we had the uh, a symphony orchestra a couple years ago and um i made sure that all the area high school orchestra students had access to free tickets yeah that's incredible um, i budgeted in such a way that i you know we're we're accommodating that we're we're allowing for that kind of access you bet well it's worth mentioning so for instance the 2022-23 series is six shows over the next several months is that correct yeah six shows uh all of those have accompanying dinners with them which we'll talk about for a second as well but a lot of you know sometimes there are opportunities in the last couple of years a little different but sometimes there are opportunities where those professional performers will also interact with whether it's a luther class or a high school class or a, a community a, a community interaction of some sort. I mean, and those are such incredibly enriching experiences to have come to a town of 8,000 people in the middle of uh, a long ways from other places. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And I'm proud to say that when artists do that, do Mm -hmm. that engagement, they leave singing decora's praises. Yeah. They have a great experience here and it's just... It, it generates good energy all around. It absolutely does. One, and I think you know, some people realize, some don't. That when you're a, a traveling professional artist, uh, performing artist of some sort, you might travel around. You know, you're on a tour. You're doing 15, 30, 40, 50 shows, whatever. You're going to walk into some place every day or every other day, mm-hmm. and it may be that that will be the only place you see <laughs> in the entire time you're in this location. That's right. And so you give an artist that opportunity to see a little bit of where they are, what they're doing, where they're around. Particularly if you come to a town of eight or 10,000 people in the middle of Iowa, which a lot of artists perhaps from the coast might be like, okay, we're going to do this show. But then you show them how beautiful it is. You show them what's going on. You show them what the community is like, the appreciation. And all of a sudden, oh, they're interested in maybe coming back someday and seeing what it's all about. I don't know if you caught Gwitcha, the um, Irish pub band that was here uh, last season. And they they did a pop-up at Impact Coffee. Yes, what a blast. And the place was hopping. It was so fun. Little kids were dancing, and they only played for about 20 minutes. The idea was to promote the show, you know. Absolutely. But they said, 
we want to just stay. We want to stay here in Decorah. We oh, love it so awesome. much. Awesome! I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, we should talk through the 2022-23 series yes. a little bit. This season is coming right up. It kicks off uh, in mid-September. Of course, there's lots of other events that you'll be preparing for as students arrive on campus. Right. CFL is used for all sorts of other things and getting students acquainted and on campus and ready and fired up for the full school year. But then the first center stage performance happens on September 22nd, uh, and that is Rodney Marsalis, right? It is. It was originally scheduled to be Branford Marsalis. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, good thing about COVID, we, we learned to adapt and roll with the punches. Absolutely. Um, Branford, unfortunately, is not able to tour this fall, yeah. not because of COVID, but yeah. because of some complications from a surgery. Uh, and so, you know, my my... I kind of had a PTSD response to it. <laughs> no, oh, not again. Yeah. But um, but I pretty quickly uh, remembered that I had contact with his cousin, Rodney Marcellus. Yeah. Uh, who is a spectacular trumpet player. Yes. And uh, according to one of our brass faculty at Luther, who knows him personally, just an outstanding human being. Awesome. And he travels with what he calls the Philadelphia Big Brass. Nice. And it's a seven-person... Uh, it can go up to 11 or 15, but wow, we're taking yeah. the seven. Yeah. Um, seven-person brass ensemble. And they play everything from jazz to Bach and, yeah. you know, some things from the American Songbook. And, you know, awesome. it's, I think there's going to be something for everyone. And although I'm sorry that we won't have Branford, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we couldn't have done much better. Yeah, no, <laughs> just world-class instrumentalists right there on stage. As yeah. That's, that's an incredible opportunity. Um, and then I should mention as well, then, the, the series continues on after that September show into October. On the 13th is our friends, and I want to say it right, but Yarv. Yes. Pretty close. And the OK Factor, who are a duo of uh, Luther graduates. Um, so that will be an incredible, really kind of folk uh, string mm-hmm. show, etc. And Yarv, of course, focusing a little more on the Scandinavian end of things. That's right. Um, but a really, really fun show. And with a combination of people there, um, just an incredible opportunity. Yeah, to, uh, that'll be something for everybody, too. Yeah. Uh, and I'm so proud that we can present to Luther grads on our stage. Yes. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, but they've been, the OK Factor, they've been having tremendous success. Um, yes. As a performance duo. And, and so. Olivia and Carla, I know, have played here in Decorah in several different ways, but they've gone on and they're doing much. They're doing interesting things both on their own, but they've kept the OK Factor going yeah. and playing, and it's so much fun. So they they alone would be worth the, uh, worth the evening, and it should be a really, really fun fun thing. Um, and then I will also mention the series continues in November on the 5th with Ailey 2. So the Ailey Dance Company, which is just incredible world-class. Um, the Alvin Ailey Dance Company was the first uh, all-black classical mm-hmm. dance company, uh, certainly in the United States, maybe in the world. Um, and they have since, they've expanded their repertoire beyond classical ballet, but they are really the iconic African-American uh, yeah, really, really um, cornerstone dance company in this country. Absolutely, um, and another, another, uh, like you said, you know, one of the, one of the things that originally interested you as a young person was dance. Yeah, and that is something that we are fortunate to have some great resources here in our region. But to get to see true world class dance is something that can be a little tricky to find. Yeah, uh, so to have that right here in Decor is just a real treat um, for young people of all ages. But you know, young people, older people, and just be able to see those performers on stage is just stunning. Yeah, you know? they are stunning as the 
the word. Yeah, absolutely. So all you know, all three of those shows are kind of the first half of the series. Those will happen this fall. And it's worth mentioning um, that you know the series uh, goes on six shows, and you can get um, a package for the series. Uh, so basically, anytime here through the end of August and before the before the first show in September, uh, there's discounts on those tickets um, and some great things to check out. What's the best way to pe- for people to find that information if they want to find out about tickets and those shows and how to get in there? Go to tickets.luther.edu. Uh, that's so all the information you need is on the website. Yeah. Uh, you can also come to campus and come to the CFL box office where yes. there is always uh, a very delightful yeah. and informed <laughs> person to help you, whether it's Brad Phillips or one of his terrific students. Yes. Um, and then you can, you know, you can choose your seats if you're getting season tickets. Yeah. Um, and take the tickets with you right then so you don't have to worry about getting to the theater too early or that's you awesome. know yeah it's can, people really like to have their tickets in advance for that reason and others yes and then also i should mention uh so the three shows that'll be on the other half of the series those take place february march and april so mm-hmm. getting towards spring again um we can just cover those real quickly la dama yes is a, an amazing group uh focusing from south central america mm-hmm. um a, a lot of vocalists right yes there are four female vocalists who represent four different uh, Latin American cultures. Super cool. Yeah, from four different countries. Uh, and they sing in Portuguese, Spanish, English. Uh, awesome. And maybe an indigenous language that I yeah. remember right now. Yeah. Um, that sh- and so that shows in, in February. Yes, so that's a great one for people who love uh, vocalists. And um, these women, they're activists too. They've, yeah. they've got a really great mission. So that's awesome. Uh, in the end of March, the empire wild will be making their <laughs> yeah. way here. Uh, so I'm in love with these guys. Trio, I think from Juilliard, they kind yes. of met in that world. Is that right? They did. They met, uh, in, uh, playing, uh, in school at Juilliard yeah. and now they're out and they are, uh, they, they focus on, uh, inspiring young people. Cool. Um, and mostly instrumentalists. Mostly right? instrumentalists. Yes. Although yeah. one of, they do sing it's too. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's kind of genre bending. Um, I love it. It's one of, I play them in my office all the time. It's awesome. My, it's, yeah, it's lovely music. Love and they'll that. be working with our high school students, too. Oh, cool. That will be super yeah. experiences. Uh, and then the series um, for the mo- for the main shows wraps up in April, on April 15th, with Gravity and Other Myths, <laughs> a simple space. I'm not so sure about simple. But, I know. Uh, well, they part of their setup is that they ask that the audience be seated as close to them as possible. Ooh. So we will set up some seating on the stage. Cool. In uh, in the round, and then of course you know it'll spill out into the main floor. Very fun. Um, season ticket holders who are committed to their seats in those red chairs down front, <laughs> um, we're gonna they'll need to be a little flexible because the <laughs> configuration will be unlike anything we've ever seen or done before. Cool. And they are Australian acrobats. Yeah, so very physical very action physical. show. If you've seen Cirque du Soleil, one critic described them as Cirque du Soleil with a fistful of grit. (laughs) 
<laughs> that sounds perfect for Decora. I know. <laughs> it's right on par. Yeah. Uh, what a fun way to wrap up the series in April. You guys also do some school performances, which I know when I have been involved here, and there are so much fun to see happen. I'll yeah. only mention because we have been working our way through the Percy Jackson series with our own daughter. Oh, yeah. Uh, that the Lightning Thief is one of those. That's in October. Um, and those you know performances happen mostly with school groups who come as groups from schools. And That's and right. We things. always, there's room for the, if there's, there's always room for yeah. the public. Um, yep. Uh, Absolutely. And The Ugly Duckling, which is another fun uh, theater show, a theatrical show. Um, and that's happening in April for school groups and uh, younger yeah. folks that's, as well. And that, I'm, I'm excited about that one. They come from York, England, uh, and bring a tr- a, a, some some physical theater traditions that we don't yeah. always see. So Love that. So such a diverse, you know, a diverse series, a great way for the community to interact and also worth mentioning. So something that started a few years ago now mm-hmm. is the dinner series that happens before those shows. It's a really fun series. Yes. Um, oh my it gosh, happens. the food it's, is so good. The food is amazing. Uh, there's opportunities for a little bit of relaxation. I think usually those dinners take place up in Peace Dining Room or one they of the do, one and of Luther the now has its beer and wine license, so you can... Yeah, glass of wine, yeah. grab a dinner, and you're right there on campus already. You can just stroll across the street. Exactly. That's been really popular. I love it. So those are available before all of the main shows as well. And again, all the information for the series, tickets.luther.edu is the place to find out about those. Uh, and as Kristen said as well, you can always just come up and visit the box office during most days yep. uh, and check that out and <clears throat> find out in person or check things out as well. Sure. So. And the phone number is... is uh, I, was, I remembered it from my earliest days at Luther. It's, yes. Uh, 387 is the... Uh, the first three numbers of any sure. Luther number, uh, and then the odd number is one three five seven. How easy is that? So easy. Five six three three eight seven one three five seven. Yep. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, the Center Stage series has been bringing the arts to Decora for decades, uh, and it's just a really critical piece, I think, to to seeing what happens. So it's been so much fun to know that you are at the helm and helping make that happen uh, and mm. seeing those things um, come out and come across in the community, right? So it's just another, another uh, part of your journey through bringing the arts to our region and helping people experience them, right? Yeah, I love it. So cool. Kristen, we can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your day to be here today, uh, to hang out, to talk a little bit, reminisce, uh, and talk about Center Stage Series, too, which is going to be a blast this year. I look forward to it. It's been great. Thanks for having me, Ben. Thanks so much for being here. You are listening to Rhymes with Decora. Stories about communities you love by people you trust. We are a project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com. Also, thank you to our sponsor today, Impact Coffee, bringing you all sorts of good stuff on Water Street in downtown Decora. Check them out at uh, impactcoffee.com. If you've enjoyed the music on today's show, it is the work of Mr. Nick Zielinski. He is a decoran. He is a drummer, an all-around amazing guy. Uh, Find him on Instagram at indicative of drumming. Somebody else we might talk to soon in the near future. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rhymes with Decora. See you next time. Rhymes with Decora is a project of Inspired Media. Find us online at iloveinspired.com.